Hello, I'm Brad Spencer, your host, and welcome back to The Faith Connection, where we're talking about a word from God. So in our last teaching, we said there are two kinds of word in the word of God. One is the spoken word. One is the written word. The written word is the, called in the Greek the logos. It's words that have been recorded that God has spoken. But it's not all that God speaks. You know, he wrote 66 books, but he didn't stop talking. He didn't get permanent laryngitis after the 66th book. No, he speaks today. Jesus said, <clears throat> my sheep hear my voice. And God actually speaks into our spirit man. You see, he, the Holy Spirit is a spirit and he dwells in our spirit. So he's not speaking into our physical ears from the outside. He's speaking on the inside. And so we have to have ears to hear him speak. And he will speak. And the things that he speaks will always be in agreement with this, the logos, the written word of God. And anytime somebody gives you a word or you receive a word on the inside um, and it doesn't line up with the written word, get rid of it. Reject it. It's not from God. It's gonna, you're going to end up in spiritual shipwreck if you try to follow that word because the Spirit and the Word agree. And the Logos is always confirma confirmation to the rhema or the spoken word. Well, then why is it important to have a spoken word? Well, the reason it's important is you can't find chapter and verse for everything you need in life. For most things, yes, they're in the, the logos, the written word. But you can't like if you're trying to decide between two different job offers. Well, you can't go and find a chapter and verse on that. I've been there before years ago. You know, which one do I take? Which one do I take? Until I, I just pestered the Lord over the thing. And he finally, he said to me, he said, I'm not going to have to work either one of them. You know, pick either one you want. He said, which one do you want? Well, I never looked at that. I so wanted to be in the will of God. I never considered the fact that which place would I like to work at the best. I said, okay, that's a given. I know what to choose then. But I, did, I couldn't find chapter and verse. I knew we were supposed to work. If a man doesn't work, neither shall he eat. Man, we could preach on that, couldn't we? Moving right along. But there are things you can't find chapter and verse. You know, it was time for me to leave Bible college and, and figure out where I'm supposed to go. I needed a word from God. I said, Lord, I'm willing to go to Timbuktu, South America, go to Europe. I'll go to any state in the United States. I'll go anywhere you want me to go. Uh, just tell me. And one day he did. He, he spoke a word to me. I didn't see anything, but I heard his voice. It was so strong in my spirit that I thought it was audible because I turned my radio off. I was at work working and that was the place that I wanted to work by the way and and walked all over the building and I did that twice nobody there I was on is on a Saturday nobody worked on Saturday but me and uh, finally the third time I heard that voice I turned the radio down I just knew it's, it's kind of like Samuel I just knew it was the voice it was the voice of God and God began to speak to me and he began to line things up for me he told me to come back to my home city and uh, which I told him I couldn't do that. He said, why not? I said, well, you said yourself, a prophet's not without honor except in his own hometown. He said, oh, that's not a problem. You're not a prophet, you're a pastor. I'm like, okay. Hey, you ever think you got one over on God? Not happening, <laughs> not happening. 
But anyway, he began to tell me of things that I would do, the season I would have uh, serving at this church with our founding pastors. And there's a time I'd leave and start a church and time there'd be a time of radio ministry and television ministry and time of traveling and healing crusades, things like that. And God just began to lay that word out there. And it all has, it's come to pass. And thank God that it did. But I, I couldn't ha have a chapter and verse that says, uh, Dear Brad Spencer, thou shalt go back to Hickory, North Carolina uh, after your education and you shall serve the founding pastors of such and such church and blah, blah, blah. I needed a word from God. And thank God he still speaks today. But the word, the spoken word that we receive on the inside is just as valid as the written word. The only difference is the spoken word must be judged and be in agreement with the written word. And if it isn't, then God didn't speak it. You didn't hear it from God. It's a false word. And sometimes there are false prophets. There are people who mean well, but uh, speak a word that didn't come from God. So that's why everything needs to be confirmed. But once it's established as a word from God, man, just hold on to it. Don't let it, uh, don't ever let go of it. Just like we talked about with Joseph, his life was going in the opposite direction of that word he received from God about people bowing down to him. Listen, he was so great. He was, he was riding in the second chariot. Only in the throne room, Pharaoh said, was he going to be greater than Joseph. And everything in the whole land of Egypt and the region was placed under Joseph's authority. And he became the supply sergeant of the world. He was so great, so mighty in position and authority. And that word came to pass, just like God said it would. Don't ever give up on a word from God. They'll change your life. And let me tell you how it works here. Over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and I'll be reading verse 13. And for this reason, we are constantly thanking God uh, or thank God when you receive from us the word of God's message, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe, which also performs its work in you who believes. The moment you receive a word from God, whether it's the written word or a spoken word, the moment you receive it, guess what? Immediately, it begins to perform its work in us. Now, you may not see the manifestation of it yet, but it's working. It starts working from the moment you receive it. Glory to God. And it'll keep working until it get, gets worked out and into manifestation. But then you're just going to have to be patient until that happens. God didn't say it was going to happen in a millisecond. He didn't say it was going to happen, you know, in five minutes. No, be patient. The word of God is performing its work in you who believe. Just hold on to it. The problem is a lot of people give up. They just give up on the word. And so, it, you know, it just stops. You dug the seed up. 
Never give up the word of God. It will continually a continued work. Go with me to 1 Timothy and chapter 1. We'll begin reading in verse 18. This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you. Now, Paul's talking to his son in the Lord, Timothy, about the previous prophecies concerning Timothy. Now, notice this, that by them, the prophecies, well, what are the prophecies? Well, they're words from God. I mean, Paul had picked up on, on some words from God and relayed them to Timothy previously. And now he's putting him in remembrance of them. And he says to him, and by them, the prophecies, you may fight the good fight. So whether it's the written word or a rhema word, a spoken word, that word becomes a weapon that you can use to fight the good fight when all of your circumstances still look contrary. Let's go back to Joseph. He sold as a slave to a caravan. Now, number one, this don't look good. We're, we're going in the wrong direction. We're, we're being sold as a slave, no longer to see my father, my mother. And, and now I'm in bondage as a slave. But now he can use, when he gets down, he can use that word from God as a weapon and fight the good fight of faith and say, well, I might be a slave right now, but I tell you what, one day I'm going to be in a position of prominence. And then he sold to Potiphar's house. Well, now he's in Potiphar's house, still going in the wrong direction. But prosperity comes to Potiphar's house. Because Joseph is put in charge of everything until Potiphar's wife makes a play on Joseph and now he gets placed into Pharaoh's prison. Again, we're going deeper into the wrong direction and it doesn't look good, but guess what? The prophecies, the word that Joseph has now becomes a weapon in, in order for him to fight the good fight when things don't look good. But even in prison, the chief jailer put Joseph in charge over all the prisoners and everything concerning the jail, and the jail began to prosper. Man, I'll tell you what, that's pretty good when the whole jail, the prison, begins to prosper because of your anointing. All the prisoners experienced that prosperity through Joseph's anointing. How many of you know the moment he received the word, the word began to, to work on the inside of him? Even in the caravan, the word was starting to work. Even at Potiphar's house, the word was working. Prosperity was abounding everywhere. Now he's in Pharaoh's prison. And the word is still working, even though you don't see it. Every word from God is a living word. It has to work. It's not a dead word. It's not like a word you write on a sheet of paper and hand to somebody. No, the word of God is living. And so once you receive it, that living word is now working because remember, we just talked about that. We just talked about that, you know, that spoken word which performs its work in you who believe. Well, it was working in Joseph even though his soul entered into the chains that bound him. The word was still working. 
Don't give up on it. Don't let, let go of that word. It will surely come to pass. And Paul's telling Timothy this, by them you may fight the good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience. Keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. So don't ever let go of it. Be patient. Hold on to it. Be confident. God's word works. It's the word of God. Works when you work it. It won't if you don't. But if you receive it, it's working. It's working on the inside. All right. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. A rhema word from God is, is part of the armor of God that we find here in Ephesians chapter 6. And if we go to verse 17, I'm not teaching on all of them. We're just going to have to jump in here on this one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word. And you got to look in the Greek to see whether it's the logos or the rhema. And it so happens to be the rhema or the spoken word of God. Receive the sword of the Spirit, which is the word or the spoken word of God. Now, here's the good thing about the Word of God, the spoken Word of God. It works both ways in you and I receiving it and in you and I speaking it. Because the Word is released out of our mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so this Word that we've been storing on the inside of us, once we, we release, I mean, it can be the written Word that's stored up on the inside of us, but the very moment we release it out of our mouth, that logos of God has now become a rhema, spoken word of God. Oh, hallelujah. So you can speak some things by the word of God, both in defense and in offense, because that's what a sword is for. A sword is not just used on offense. I mean, if you got a, a, a soldier and they're trained with the sword only in offense, well, if anybody ever gets close to them, they're just going to take them out simply because they haven't been trained in a, in a defensive manner. So the Word of God works on defense with all the things you don't desire, the times you come under attack, the times an enemy tries to dispose of you. Thank God the Word of God can be spoken and stop that attack. But it can also be offensive. It can also be used to receive that which God has promised. And isn't that a beautiful thing? And everything comes back to the fact of Matthew 16, the keys of the kingdom. We have been given the keys of the kingdom of God, not to the kingdom, but the keys of the kingdom. What you bind is bound. What you loose is loosed. What you forbid is forbidden. What you allow is allowed. And that's the kind of authority that we have here on planet earth. And thank God that the word of God does that. Now, let's talk about the sword for just a minute. This sword here in the Greek is called a makaira. A makaira was the sword of the Roman soldier. And that's the, the imagery that Paul is using here to describe the armor of God to the believer. And the Roman sword was not a big barbarian sword. A lot of times they had to have two hands 
and they couldn't hold their own shield. They had to have an armor bearer to hold a shield for them, and they had to take two hands just to swing this big heavy sword. Well, the Romans had a machaira about 18 inches long, and it was a two-edged sword. It cut both ways. See, this word here's written word is a two-edged sword, Old Testament and New. It cuts both ways. But see, if you were in close combat, uh, a Roman soldier would pull out his machaira and just go, and he's got you right there. He's not having to swing anything. Think about how much time you lose and how vulnerable you make yourself drawing back just to swing a sword and the Roman soldier just sticks you with his. And it had a tightly bound leather sheath. And so what does leather do with steel? It keeps it sharp, hallelujah. And the more the Roman soldier used his sword, the sharper it became. And that doesn't that make sense where you and I are concerned? The more we use the word and speak it, the sharper we get in the usage of it. So thank God that we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And I love it. We can use it for offense. We can use it for defense. We can stop the enemy. We can stop the attacks of life. When sickness comes, we can stop sickness. When any virus, and I mean any virus comes, we can stop it in the name of Jesus because we have given to us the sword of the Spirit. And not only that, but any promise that God has made available to us. He's given us the Holy Spirit that He might reveal to us all of the things that belong to us from God. And uh, when we put that word in our mouth and begin to speak it, then guess what? The, the promises of God begin to manifest into our lives. Now, if you're watching the Faith Connection, you know it's customary for us to have an altar call here. And if you're not in the kingdom of God, listen, it's, it's important that you make this decision. Today is the day of your salvation. If you'll pray this simple prayer with me, I promise you something wonderful is going to happen to you. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, today I repent of my sin, my rejection of Jesus, but I'm rejecting him no more because today I believe on Jesus in my heart and I confess Jesus as my Savior. So right now, Father, breathe life into me. Cause me to be born again. Save me, Lord. And I just want you to know, from this moment forward, I know I'm saved, and I'm going to follow and serve you through eternity. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, you're now in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're born again. You're a brother. You're a sister. I want you to go to hisimageministries.faith. There you'll find information. You can email us. Please do. Let us know. Or you could write to us. Let us know that you made this decision and you got saved. We want to rejoice with you. And we want to invite you to His Image Ministries, our church here in Hickory, North Carolina. Once you come, you'll be glad you did. It's going to change and impact your life, you and your family. Well, I can see that our time has slipped away from us. 
Once again, remember, just like always, we're here to help you make your faith connection today.